the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 930 AM The Answer. Podcasts everywhere and talklawradio.com. The Marquardt Law Firm is sponsoring our show today, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans, new businesses, and old businesses which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, family-limited partnerships, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in district court, county court, or probate court. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law. But because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information you hear today should be coordinated with your individual professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to follow your will. Please help Rosentina Aranda and I give good information about bank loans, and lending today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Today's show is about lending and loans and business loans. Consultant and advocate Rosentina Aranda will talk about five basic questions every business owner should know before requesting a business loan. I'll talk about some laws including guarantee and co-signers, and you can call in if you have a question. You can call 210-308-8867, and Rosentina and I will try and answer your question. You can also post a comment in the live Facebook feed. If I see it during the show, we'll try and answer it that way, too. Rosentina is a business lending consultant for business owners seeking to apply for a business loan with a bank. Rosentina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Todd, for inviting me to be here. I'm really excited to be able to have this forum to share um, Information that I been you know st- that I started my business to do. So thank you for inviting. You're me. welcome. I'm glad to have you. And I did get your your biography and all of that, but it's more fun for me and the listeners if you tell us <laughs> question and answer format. So let's begin with where did you grow up? So I grew up here in San Antonio, born and raised my whole life. Okay, and. Which high school did you go to? I went to Burbank, Burbank High School. All right. And then after that, what did you do? 
So after that, I um, I attended community college and got uh, received an associate's at Palo Alto College, and then transferred to UTSA and received my bachelor's in accounting. Oh, okay. I didn't remember that about you. So that's how you got introduced to this area, this industry. Yes, yes. I mean, I actually started working at Frost before I received my degree. Um, but shortly after receiving my accounting degree is when I transitioned into the business lending world. Okay. You didn't want to be an accountant? I did not want to be an accountant, no. I, I actually always wanted to be a commercial lender. But prior to, I mean, I, I was at Frost for 32 years. So part of my career at Frost was working with software development and creating different applications for the bank. And then the last part of it, the last software I created was a bonus program that then I thought, I want to be a beneficiary of this one. (laughs) So that's how I ended up transitioning. Oh, okay. That's great. And tell us about some of the the commercial lending that you did. Um, What was your portfolio like? Yeah. uh, Well, my portfolio was primarily working with small businesses and, you know, there's a lot of different ways that people look at small businesses, but I'm looking at this one, the the one where there's a one business owner, it's a family business, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they're usually probably under five million in revenue, less than ten employees. So I help those type of businesses process loans from like five thousand dollars to like a million and a half, you know, a million and a half to, mm-hmm. you know, purchase real estate. So there's a big variety of type of loans that I did for small businesses. Okay. And so you were there your whole career. My whole career, yes. I grew up there. I, start, I started before child labor laws at about five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so what made you uh, want to retire from the bank and start your own business? You know, and I like that question because when – PPP happened, and it was really highlighted. And I already knew this before PPP, but payroll protection. the paper, payroll protection program that happened during COVID, I, you know, I always saw that there was this gap in our industry. And um, whenever business owners would come to me, they would, you know, tell me about their business. And then as soon as I gave them the information I needed for them to apply for the business loan, they would be discouraged, right? Because they didn't really understand all that information and how to fill it out. And I would get really frustrated because I knew they could qualify, but they just didn't know how to fill out all that information. Mm -hmm. So um, I decided after PPP, especially after it got highlighted with there was this disparity, right, of providing knowledge and insights to small businesses, I felt like I needed to do something. And I just had this passion to be able to, you know, come out and really build something that I can help more people. I I was able to help a lot of people when I was there in the bank, but I wanted to find an opportunity or in a venue so I can help a lot more. And that's kind of my passion right now is really to help those individual business owners, you know, learn the rules to the game of business lending and so that we can even the playing field in that arena. And we're going to talk about some five basic things first, right? Yes, yes. Now, these are just the essentials. If you just have these five things, you're already in the game. Okay, well, before we get to that, We're going to take a break, and before we take a break, I'm going to tell a joke. So a guy walks into his usual bar and orders a beer. Man, the holidays were rough. Is there any chance you can loan me $10 until next payday? He asks the bartender. Sure, Bob, the bartender replies and hands him a $10 bill. By the way, when's next payday? The guy says, I don't know. You're the one with the job. <laughs> he he didn't have a job, so he's probably not going to pay it back. Yeah. So that's funny Yeah. to me anyway. <laughs> As I was getting ready for our show today, I was looking at some statistics about small business lending and, and trends. Uh, 29% small businesses um, fail because they run out of capital. So it's good to have money in the bank, right? Mm -hmm. And it's probably good to get a loan before you need it. (laughs) Yes, that's definitely a good advice. 
to um, yeah to think about yeah. Forty three percent of small businesses applied for a loan last year, so it's it's something that's typical with uh, business practices, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Rosentina will be telling us about five things that you need to have uh, in order before you apply for a loan. So stay tuned. for your family, which is why it's important to meet with an attorney before you go on vacation. Get your affairs in order just in case, God forbid, tragedy strikes and you become disabled or worse happens while traveling. Attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trust, and tax-protected inheritance plans. A living trust might save your family thousands of dollars. Protect what's yours at Marquardt Law Firm. 210-530-4278. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here with Rosentina Aranda. She is your business lending advocate. Rosentina, tell us about your business. Yes. So um, my business name is a business lending advocate. And, you know, um, I have a website where I am building and evolving and adding stuff every day to be able to provide our small business owners with resources. So the website is businesslendingadvocate.com. Um, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn is where I was, I'm really going to be sharing a lot of, uh, education and resources as well. So during our break, you mentioned that you got the idea of business lending advocate from the Bible. So I just did a search, and I was wondering if this was one of the verses you were thinking about. In First uh, John chapter 2, it says, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Yeah, well, no, actually, I think it's like John 16. And so he, he, I don't know the exact verse, but it talks about how, you know, to not worry that um, I'll send you an advocate, which is also referred to as the Holy Spirit to help you um, in times that, you know, you don't know where to do, what to do or where to go or what to say. Yeah, it may be that my version uses a different word, so it's not picking that up. In yeah, the but I was definitely search. inspired by by uh, that Bible verse, That's and, awesome. and I I really wanted Advocate to be part of my business name. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about some of the five things that people should have in order before they go to the bank to get a loan. Yes. So the you know the first thing and that I think is super important. Um, and then it's one of those things that when you come to the, it's, it's really looking at your credit, making sure that you pull your credit before you walk into the bank and know what's in there. Because a banker, when you walk into the bank, they can't just pull the credit until after they submit the application for approval. And sometimes, a lot of times what happened is that everything looked great, but then some surprise happened at the end with the credit. And sometimes the owner didn't even know Mm -hmm. that there was a lien on their credit. And then, you know, it kind of slowed down the process or stopped the process altogether. So number one is pull your credit, know what's in there. Number two is, you know, do you have a balance sheet? Well, hold on a second. That's that's a lot because people may not understand what they're looking at when they pull their credit. So there's actually three different sources for credit, right? Absolutely, yes. So how do how do we get started there then? That's a great question. And um, the, the, what I advise the borrower to do or the business owner to do is wh- whatever bank they're looking to apply with, 
ask the banker what credit bureau does that bank use to pool for mm-hmm. to evaluate them because there is uh, Equifax, there's Experian, and there's TransUnion. A lot of the credit unions use TransUnion, and a lot of the national, you know, banks use um, e- um, Equifax. Okay, and well, so that's good to know. Yeah, and the law allows you to pull your credit report once a year free, right? Well. Again, good question because co- because of COVID, they now changed or I guess right now they're allowing people to run it once a week. Oh, really? For f- free. I mean, they don't give you your credit score, and you don't really need that when I when I say run your credit report. You just want to know what's in there, making sure that everything looks right and that there's not anything that's not right. But yes, it is available to run once a week. Okay, so what they would be looking for is. Uh, did I borrow money from that place? Do I have a credit card with that name? Uh, if somebody says uh, I have a late payment, do I think that that's is accurate? that right? Right. Or in the, another thing is check to see that there's the addresses that are showing up on your credit report mm-hmm. are actually yours because that could be a red flag if there's an address there that's not yours. Someone else could be trying to apply for credit in your name. Right. Identity theft could make this a problem. Big time, big time. Um, I I am going to be offering actually a a webinar um, on, uh, what are we, May 13th. And just to help people under, like, just get the confidence to walk and you know, to, to log into the system and mm-hmm. check their credit. Okay, so that's probably next Friday. Yes, it's going to be. How do they find your webinar? They just go to my uh, website and the events page, and they can register there. Okay. Because that was one of the biggest challenges I saw, or the biggest obstacles I found with business owners that they, there's just like this fear of just going in and pulling their credit and not and it's not so much just going in and pulling the credit but now once you get it what does it all this stuff mean even mm-hmm. when I pulled my credit I remember looking at it like this is like gibberish right so um, my goal is for this webinar is to just reduce that fear right of going in there and just checking it okay so go to your website which is www.businesslendingadvocate.com and the events page Sign up for that webinar, and then you can learn more about what a credit report looks like and how to evaluate it. So tell us a little bit about credit scores. What is a bank looking for on a credit score? So, you know, credit scores, it's not always, you know, they say like a rule of thumb is going to be greater than 680 is your credit score. But the reality is it's not, the credit score is not as important as what's in your credit. Because there could be someone who doesn't have any credit and so, but then and has a low credit score, and then someone who has a lot of late payments and have a credit score, well, low credit score. Well, when the bank looks at it, they're going to say, well, someone with no credit would be more preferable than someone with bad credit, right? Mm-hmm. Even though the credit scores are both low. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, medical issues happened and the bank may forgive that. A lot of banks do. They, they overlook some of those medical things that are going on Mm because it's so crazy right now yeah um and so you know again it's not always driven around the credit score it's more about what's in it and if there's something in your credit score um that you you know you know that something happened that's not normal in your life make sure to be prepared to send write that up in a letter and present it to the bank so that they can then take it into consideration and you can help with that absolutely that's what i do okay I advocate for the small business. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. What are some factors that make up the credit score? How does the uh, credit bureau figure out what score to give you? So like 35% of your credit score is made up by your payment history. That's the big part of it. So always making or making payments on time or late or missing a payment. Right. That's what goes into that. A hundred percent. That's like, oh, yeah, one third of it goes into that. The, the, the type of credit that you have, you ha- you want to have like a revolving credit card, and then you want to have like a loan that's paid monthly every month to show mm-hmm. the history. I think a term loan, is is the best type of loan because then it shows your your payment history and is mm-hmm. able to build that up for you. Um, they look at tenure. How long have you had the credit? 
Um, so yeah, and I and on my we- I mean on the webinar I'll have some more information and details. I can't remember what all the, the okay the the criteria are, but I'll have that's that. That's okay. That's good. Yeah. Okay, so that's one of the five things. Questions, that... yeah, and one of the one of the five things that you should know before. Yes, the the second one is number do, two. Number two is do you have a balance sheet? Okay, what's that? So a balance sheet, really, all it is 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 a report that shows the bank what you own as a business, which are your assets, and all the debt that you have in your business, which are the liabilities. And the difference between those two is your net worth. And so a lot of times people would come to me with their balance sheet, and and I look at it, I used to look at it as a banker, because that was my report that showed me – you know, what kind of collateral this business might have that I mm-hmm. can use for this loan that they're asking for. And it also showed me, are they highly leveraged? Meaning, like, do they have too much debt? Are they going to, you know, is that going to be a problem, right? So I can easily look at that bit, looking at a balance sheet. And and then, of course, the net worth is saying how, how you know, what's the worth of this business, right? Mm-hmm. How much is how much assets is it building to, to grow it? If that number is negative, there's already a red flag. And so I like to tell people, make sure that when you see it, it's everything that you own. You know, I know business owners know that in their heads, but the report has to reflect what they know in their head. And different industries will look differently with, like, um Plumbing and electrical, that'll look different than office-type businesses like lawyers and CPAs. Yes, absolutely. Because if you're a service provider, you're not going to have a lot of assets, right? Um, You don't have the equipment or the machinery and all that stuff Mm -hmm. that some other industries may have, which is fine. Um, They just want to be able to see, like, what do you have in your bank account? You know, just Mm -hmm. the basic stuff of what you have in your business, furniture and fixtures, you know, it's just a little picture of your business in a moment in time. That's what a balance sheet is. My dad said that when he was starting out as an optometrist, he told the bank that he had a library, you know, all the books from school. They said, <laughs> that's not an asset. <laughs> he said, it is to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's so true. Um, there are a lot of assets that we feel are very valuable, yeah, mm-hmm. but may not re- Convert to a balance sheet. <laughs> okay, so the the balance sheet says what the assets, liabilities, and net worth is, mm-hmm. and is that something that you can be can be improved? Yes, I mean the the reason banks ask for the balance they usually ask for two years, right? Two years and a year oh, to date, okay. and they're looking to see if that's improving year over okay. year. All right, so that's number two. What's number three? So number three is, do you have an income statement? Um, or it's also referred to as a profit and loss statement um, for the last two years. And a lot of times with that particular statement, you could replace that with your tax return. So an income statement or a P&L statement is the same as your tax return, essentially. That information is usually about 90% the same. Mm-hmm. And so that you would have to have that information. The bank needs to know how much money are you making and um, what are your profits, so that because that's what pays back the loan is the bottom line net income. There's a miscon, you know. I know sometimes some business owners would come to me and they would say, all proudly like, oh, I didn't have to pay taxes, you know. Right, no and, profit. Yeah, no profit. I didn't have to pay taxes. Well, it's a double-edged sword. Either you don't pay taxes, but you can also you also can't get a loan because you don't have any extra cash to pay back the loan. Mm-hmm. And that's what the bank looks at is that extra cash available to pay back a loan. Okay, well, I want to talk more about the profit and loss statement after our break. Uh, before we take our break, I want to talk about something a little light so that uh, people don't fall asleep listening to all these numbers and and balance sheet and profit and loss. I wanted to point out that not everybody is able to have a positive balance sheet like Michael Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) The king of pop uh, was $400 million in debt when he passed away. Even though he sold more than 61 million albums just in the United States, he spent a lot of money. 
when I first started practicing law, um, one of the first cases I did was this divorce. And my client earned over $100,000 a year. And I thought, how could she have any debt when she's making so much money? (laughs) And my boss said, it doesn't matter how much somebody earns. Uh, They can spend every penny of it and then some more. And Michael Jackson just proves that too. We're going to take a break. Stay tuned. We'll be back with Rose and Tina to talk more about the five things you should have before you apply for a business loan. Stay tuned. Back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Markport. I'm here with Rosentina Aranda with Business Lending Advocate. That's her business where she consults with business owners on how to get prepared to ask for a business loan. Before the break, we were talking about the five things everyone should have before they apply for a loan. Will you remind our listeners what those are again? So, the, f- the first one is, do you know what your credit score is or do you know what's in your credit? That's more important. Is do you know what's in your credit? Do you have a balance sheet for the last two years and a current year to date? Do you have a profit and loss statement for your business for the last two years and year to date statement? And then do you have a personal financial statement um, for you personally? And the final one is going to be do you have – you know why it's escaping me right now with the last one? Well, is. let's go back to number four, the personal financial yes, statement. Yes, that's a big one. How is that different from the profit and loss? So the, so the profit and loss statement is purely income that you generated for your business and, um, and all the expenses that run through your business, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the personal financial statement – is a really important piece of document because that is showing what you as an individual owner own in assets and what you owe in liabilities. So it's essentially a balance sheet, but for you individually. And, you know, a lot of times what happens is that, you know, if you're a sole proprietor or a service provider, your assets are not in the business. You're building your assets in your personal Mm -hmm. Um you know, wealth, right? Like you're investing, you're buying houses, you're buying cars, you know, as you're building your assets for your business, as you're growing your business, you're also building those assets individually. And that's that report is the only report that shows what you own as a business owner. And, you know, what income, you know, sometimes what all the levels of what all the resources of income that you're getting that could be used to evaluate your business loan. Um, and so it's really important to really provide that to your bank or have that ready. Every bank has a template of some form that they can offer to, you know, they can give you. I also created a, a form so that I can offer my clients, um, you know, that's going to be very similar to what the banks, um, Mm -hmm. are requiring. But that's a really important document, and I think a lot of people are intimidated in filling it out just because, you know, just keep in mind it's a moment in time. Like if you put what your, check- your checking account balance is today, it's going to change tomorrow. Right. So you're going to put the best of, you know, what's best of your knowledge about your assets in there. And the credit, the liability section, the, cus- the bank's going to pull your credit report, and they're going to know what all your liability is. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, when you run your report, you want to make sure that that liability section matches what on your credit report? Well, when I'm helping somebody with their their business or estate, I I ask about those types of things because it can affect liability. And most people come to see me to protect themselves and their assets from their accidents at work or whatever. And some people are surprised. They haven't 
counted it up. Right. They don't know that they have accounts with 10 different banks mm -hmm. because they're only using a couple of them. The, the other money's just sitting there, and they think, oh, yeah, I do have money there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, you're right. In fact, I mean, I had one client who I had to help him literally fill out the form. And so as he was going through and telling me everything he owns, by the time we put the, pick, the, the financial statement together, this guy was a millionaire, and he didn't even know. Because How of exciting. all the value of his assets, you know, <laughs> right. he had all these big time value and a lot of properties that mm -hmm. he owned. But when he saw it on paper, he was like really shocked. It was like, you know, I was shocked. I was like, right. wow, this is crazy. But yeah, it's a really great piece of information to have for yourself. Okay. And the last thing is, have you missed payments? Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, no, that's I couldn't remember that one. But and that's kind of tied to your credit report. But the reason I always I mean, I put that as a, a very important question to ask yourself is because when I was a banker, I would ask that question because remember, I couldn't pull your credit report until after the loan was submitted. So I would ask that question. And so that and I'm, I'm you know, encouraging you that, to know the answer to that, because um, you know, that's going to dictate, right, if your credit score is going to be low or it's going to be high. And as a banker, I would think if they would say they missed a payment in the last six months, I already knew we we're going to have a challenge. Because mm -hmm. one payment could be a big deal. And so my advice is that now that I'm a business owner, I can relate how busy life could be. Put everything on auto pay. Yeah. Do not risk missing a payment. I cannot stress enough how important it is that you never miss payments because it affects you big time, not only as an individual to buy a house or a car, but also in your business. It affects it big time. If a business, if the bank sees that you're not monitoring your personal debt, you know, um, or you're not paying your personal debt on time, they're not going to, they're, they're going to see that, you know, they they can expect that on your business side too. So it, you know, it could result it's, to a decline. It's sort of like your reputation for paying things back. Mm -hmm. You want that to be a hundred percent. Yes. Yes. And so there's two things, tips real quick, is that put everything on auto pay and all the credit bureaus, they have the ability for you to lock your credit for free. Mm -hmm. And so in part of my uh, webinar, I'm going to talk about that. And it is the best thing ever, and it's free, so that nobody can go in there and pull your credit without your permission. Because I have that, that so affects your score, right? Yeah, it affects your score, when, but it also protects you from fraud. Yeah. And one thing that I've discovered um, from talking to people about this is those credit bureaus, they, they have apps. And so you can, it's easy to pull your credit on your phone, your mm -hmm. smartphone. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of companies out there that, that claim to do that. And so uh, I think some of them might be scams. <laughs> yes. No, it's absolutely important to just not sign up to anything that's promising you all this stuff. You know, there's this annualcreditreport.com is the official website. Um yeah, just make sure you're – because if you type annual credit report, sometimes some other companies will pop up. Right, like free credit report. Yes. That's actually something that they want you to pay for. Yes, and you don't have to pay for it. You get it free. Mm-hmm. Okay, before uh, we take a break in a few minutes, I want to talk about the guarantee. Mm. Uh, you, as a lender, as a off loan officer, you probably had people come in – with a friend or a parent or a business partner to sign as a guarantee is that how does that work so you know as a business owner you you know, most banks are going to require you to be a guarantor to your loan right um, and it's just a standard you as a business owner now the beautiful thing about you know a lot of times people are like oh you know I don't want to do that but the thing is if you're a guarantor for a business, it's not doesn't show up on your credit. So this is where people get confused because they will establish an LLC. They think uh, I'm going to be protected from all of my financial liabilities. But if you're a small business and you're asking for a loan and you're not General Motors or, or Ford Corporation, that's when the bank says, well, you have to guarantee it anyway because you don't have the assets of a major corporation. 
That's 100% right. So you technically are not free. You know, the, the guarantee just says that you are responsible for the debt mm-hmm. if the business can't pay it back. And so you individually are going to be, you know, responsible. So there was a court case that I looked, I found uh, that hits on just this point. And what had happened is uh, the, this business owner did just that. He, he got a loan for his business. He was the guarantor. And uh, after a while, the, the business wasn't paying it back. And and the business owner said, um, the the bank shouldn't be asking me for my my guarantee because I've already paid some on that. And what had happened is actually he he said he had put money in the business account and the business paid the loan. And so the court said, no, that wasn't you. That was your business. So we're still coming after you for the guarantee. And the the legal principle that we learned from that case is that you are separate from your business. That's mm-hmm. what helps those legal entities protect you protect you from liabilities. You can't say that the money you put into the business was your money because you gave it to the business. Yes. I hope that that's not too confusing. <laughs> no, no. And you know, I think one of the that's a good um example and I so one of the things that I see a lot of businesses do is that um, they 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 start off their business as a sole proprietor, and um, when they come in and they set up as a sole and they want to get a loan as a sole proprietor, just wanted to point this out is that when you do that, it's you, your social security is going to be assigned to that business loan versus if you okay. set up a, an LLC or a separate tax ID then then it would be a separate that would be assigned to the business just okay th- I wanted to point that difference yeah, out that's a good point time flies when you're having fun uh, we got to take one more break when we come back we'll talk about legacy but also I want to talk about uh, what the word continuing means stay tuned could be a nightmare for your family, which is why it's important to meet with an attorney before you go on vacation. Get your affairs in order just in case, God forbid, tragedy strikes and you become disabled or worse happens while traveling. Attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trust, and tax-protected inheritance plans. A living trust might save your family thousands of dollars. Protect what's yours at Marquardt Law Firm, 210-530-4278. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here with Rosentina Aranda, your business lending advocate. She's been talking about five things business owners need to have in order before they apply for a loan. And uh, now I, I want to talk about Jim Rohn. He authored countless books and audio and video programs that helped motivate and shape an entire generation of personal development trainers, and hundreds of executives from America's top corporations. In this article, he talked about how to build a library worth having. And he tells a story about why you should learn something about the law. He says, you don't have to be a lawyer. You just need to know a little bit about the law. He learned the hard way. Some time ago, he was affiliated with a a company that wanted to borrow some money, they needed $250,000. And the bank said that they would loan the money as long as Mr. Roan signed as a guarantee. And so he wanted to play the hero, and he knew the company could pay it back, so he signed. And within less than a year, the company paid it back in full. But what he didn't know is that later... After that, the company went back 
to the bank and got more loans. And because he had signed a continuing guarantee, they didn't ever have to get his signature again for those other loans. And so Mr. Roan says this is how he learned what the defi- definition of what continuing was. <laughs> That's a tough lesson to learn. Yes. And so it made me think of when parents and grandparents give loans or, or sign as guarantee to their uh, family members. And uh, it made me rem- rem- remember what uh, Dave Ramsey says about um, – giving loans to family members, he says, don't do it. Don't do it. Because it changes the relationship in the family. Instead Mm -hmm. of family members, now you're, one of you is a creditor and Mm -hmm. one of you is now a debtor. So that changes the the family dinners and the Christmas parties. Mm -hmm. Well, and then when you're being evaluated for um, a loan, there, if it's in your credit report, it's counted as a debt that you are personally responsible for. Mm-hmm. And even though you're not the one paying it, it's still included in the numbers oh, to okay. to calculate your ability to pay back. So you've seen that on... Yes, I have seen that. And I've, a lot of times... And they say, but that's not mine. Right. I said, it, you know, it, it doesn't it matter. It still counts. It, we're going to have to include it. It's in mm-hmm. your credit report. And that could make it, you know, make that decision to a decline because it's too much debt. Right. And and they're trying to see if you are you have more assets than debts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, anything else you want to say about the five things uh, before we talk about legacy? No. I mean, I think that. You know, if you if I when I was a banker and you walked in with the knowledge of those five things, I would be really happy because it gives you know, when you walk into the bank with that information, you give that banker the opportunity to be able to give you more advice about your ability or your possibilities of getting a loan versus just walking in with nothing. Then it's a waste of time. Well, you were a very nice banker. (laughs) You helped even when you could have just said no. But there's there's other bankers out there that might just look at the information and, and say yes or no and not give very much help. Right. And which is why I exist, because, you know, people need help and I want to be there to help. Right. Mm-hmm. To help them get through that process. I, I, I truly believe that everybody is bankable. It's just a matter of putting in some work into it and, you know. And once you know the, the again, once you know the rules of the game, then let's play, right? Now you start playing and practicing and getting all the things you need to get there. Okay. So where? How can they uh, get more information? They can just go to my website, um, connect with me on LinkedIn, and um, you know I'm posting resources and events all the time as I learn and and you know my again I'm an advocate so what my goal and my passion is to provide that small business owner with the resources that they need to be able to successfully apply for a business loan. And you have a webinar next week. Yes. They can find you the event on uh-huh. your website and they can sign up for it. Yes, and it's free. Okay. So this is the show that helps you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. And this is the final segment of today's show, and you know what that means. And now it's time for the Talk Law Radio Legacy Spotlight. What's your legacy? Sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm. So Marquardt Law Firm uh, does business in estate law, including last wills and living trusts. So we like to talk about legacy. What would you want your legacy to be? Or what is something you learned or, or some interesting uh, family heirloom that you've received? Well, um, first I'd like to talk about, like, my legacy, right? Like, sure. when, you, when, when I thought about that question, I realized, what would that be? And, you know, I feel like my legacy right now is to – that I would love it to be, be is to really um, change the way, you know, the banking industry is is looking at small businesses and finding a way to just change and then uh, you know, yeah, just really changing that 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 
that model that's right now, I feel like it's a little broken with small businesses and banks and creating a solution for that. To helping business owners get the financing that mm-hmm. they need so that we can just even the play grow the, uh, America's uh, GDP a little bit. Of course, yes. <laughs> and just really even the playing field. That's what I want to be able to do someday. Okay. You have kids, too. I do, I do. So is that how you want them to remember you? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I want them to know that I remember me as that person who, or like a, a person who, who you know, had a belief and and when you know had the courage enough to really try to fulfill that need and that impact in our community. And you're a faithful person. You talked about the um, advocate choosing that word because of uh, your faith and, and what you've learned through the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, how how will that affect your kids? Well, you know, I. It's you know it's just part of my family. I mean, I I okay. picked up my faith from my grandmother who used to journal and give donations to different nuns and churches, you know, priests from all over the world. And, That's awesome. And it was just amazing just to watch her. Um, and then you know my mom, you know, again she very faithful, um, just always you know I think in, my mom grew up from Mexico and so. In Mexico, they had these, like, sayings. They're called dichos, right? And what I learned when I started reading more about the Bible is those dichos or sayings that we grew up with, they Mm -hmm. were actual Bible verses. Oh, okay. And it was so awesome. So I think with my family and my kids, I want to carry on that transition. So I'm always repeating those sayings Mm -hmm. and those dichos, and I'm always, you know, I have these signs and I have this thing, like, with God, anything is possible. And so... My, my, what I want to pass over to them is that that faith to be able to, that my parent, my grandmother, and my mother gave me, so that I can live. I like that. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. And you do some community service too. I do. Tell us about what you've been doing with the college. Oh my gosh! Um, so I'm involved at Northwest Vista College, and we have a business council that we we get together every month and. Um, and just really try to mentor the youth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great opportunity if you're a business owner and you really want to pay it forward. You can come and join. You, there's a website for the uh, Northwest Vista Business Council, and just sign up. I mean, I literally do panels. Sometimes you're like subject ex- expert people, like like yourself, mm-hmm. um, who's in, like in law, and they have different panels. You can come and share your knowledge to these students that are just eager to learn, right, from the real world. And so that's kind of what we try to provide a platform for people from the business community to engage with the students at the college. You're meeting some students who want to be their own owner? Yes. I, I meet students all the time, you know, where and they had like this one incubator um program that they offered and uh, you know I was part of that just volunteering to facilitate through that and help people kind of think up through ideas right like yeah. uh, learning like create an idea and see it all the way through to a to a pitching contest mm-hmm. um, but yeah I definitely involve a, lo- a lot with them and doing that kind of work my nephew is I think in sixth or seventh grade and at his school they they had to do some new business i think they That's sold amazing i think they sold flowers he wasn't very engaged uh, my father-in-law uh, is a retired accountant and so he was wanting to know well did you make a profit did you <laughs> <laughs> what were yeah. what were the expenses and how did you get the money um but i, I thought it was really good for them to even be trying it out for kids that young because Absolutely. i think Kids and teenagers and people of all ages need to learn budgeting mm-hmm. because that's where it, it all starts with having enough money saved up in case mm-hmm. for a that dream, day yeah, or or to do something big. Right, right. No, I think it's just getting that exposure, right, of the of the information and the knowledge. And like your 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 um, nephew. He, he might not have been engaged, but he's got some seeds that were planted mm-hmm. in that head that who knows how it will, like, you know, ferment down the road as an adult, right? I remember when I was a fifth grader, we had, um, which is really crazy. I, I think I'm going to digress, sorry. But uh, my teacher did, like, a 
a Friday town day, and everybody had a little business. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, as a fifth grader, she planted this seed that I was the banker. Oh, okay. And so here I am, you know. Well, you said earlier that you always wanted to be a, a commercial lender, and I thought, what kid does that? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was a little kid, I didn't even know what a banker was. But, you mm-hmm. know, it's just one of those things. You just keep following that trail little by little, and you learn and you grow, and you just you're – just, it's curiosity, right? I think that mm-hmm. – that curiosity just kept there, and I kept learning about banking in a lot of different ways. <laughs> and when you played Monopoly, you were the banker? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> now my son takes that role, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay, well, that's the end of our show today. Uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to be able to share this knowledge. And um, you know, if I can be of service to anybody, please don't hesitate to reach out. Businesslendingadvocate.com. Thank you. Right. Okay. So that's it for today. I'm going to sign off. I want to say another prayer. Dear God, thank you for the opportunity to talk about business bank loans with Rosentina Aranda on the radio. Please help those who worry or are frustrated about the complexity of lending and remember your grace and mercy through Jesus. Amen. Amen. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.